Welcome to Pod Vanguard. I'm Andrea Gazetta. I'm Katrina Davis. And I'm Jordan Lee Williams. And today we're covering Carol Walker. So, brief uh, disclaimer, or well, brief trigger warning. Um, Yep. We're not going to be a gory podcast. I'm not interested in talking about kind of the uh, trauma porn aspect that a lot of these artist reviews kind of get into. Um, But we will be discussing uh, lynching. We will be discussing violence against African-Americans. This is... uh, the thesis of Kara Walker's work. And so there is going to be talk of sexual assault and violence. So it's incredibly brutal trigger warning. Yeah. Um, If these are topics that you don't feel like you can handle, we absolutely understand and you do not have to sit through it. Um, You can go to our Instagram and I will post the fountain that we're going to talk about and a couple sculptures and if you're up for it you can look at those or skip this one and just go uh, listen to rachel royce again exactly exactly (laughs) rachel's great she's awesome um i at some point will cover faith ringgold and then we can kind of get into a softer version of we'll uh, have a little a couple of feel goods for anybody that needs a palate cleanser but i do feel like from what we've even alluded to already that the dynamics even between different kinds of women this is kind of good for women's history month like it's gnarly but (laughs) it's good no and i I think that kara walker is an important and very interesting artist to talk about i think that she has a lot of really incredible um ways that she's interacted with the world like it's kind of um absolutely where i'm coming to it from um also just a disclaimer uh there are some quotes that i will not be quoting uh there are some things that i found her talk about in a couple different ways i will as a white woman choose the ones that do not include the n-word I am not going to be a high school English teacher. This is not saying it for the historical context. And I'm not going to send them to Katrina to say because that feels fucked up and weird. So I this think- is the blackest I've felt at the intro of one of our episodes. I will say. <laughs> because everything that you're trying to protect people from, I'm like, fuck it. Say all that shit. Say all the awful stuff say everything send me everything i want to fuck people up because that's what it is it's like are you upset good it sucks like i yeah. there's actually there but i understand a, being I, sensitive you know whatever i think well, yeah no as for a, pussies as lady, katrina said gonna, you're sensitive like a fucking pussy fucking, i guess if you're a bitch for racism i guess <laughs> I'm joking. I understand if it's like a lot, but uh, I also, it's so hard to not come back around to like, oh, is it as hard to live as it is to listen to? Cause, wow, yeah. Because no. it's like, I haven't even had this shit happen to me, and I can imagine this happening to my grandma. So if this bums you out, like, you're fucking fine. I literally, like, am related to people that have had to do this shit or like, whatever. Yeah. So there's an art critic, Jamila King, and she quoted about one of the pieces that we are going to talk about 
Um, the exhibit itself is a striking and incredibly well-executed commentary on the historical relationship between race and capital. Um, Mm. so the presence of so many white people and my presence as a black woman, who's a descendant of slaves seems to also be a part of the show. Um, so I, I do think that it is important to understand, like, as a white woman, I'm not going to be able to go see a subtlety and have the same experience. Mm. Yeah, because even when you were talking about, like, not getting into the graphics of some of the stuff, it was like, if you're listening to this and you're familiar with certain works of hers, like, it does it for you anyway. It's like, that was one yeah. of the things I love so much about the first one that I saw it was like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, I haven't seen anything actually depicted. And it was the same kind of thing that I kind of joked about just now that I was like, oh, this is going to fuck people up. And I love it. Like, I love <laughs> the idea of a bunch of old white ladies coming into this room being like, oh, what is this? I came here to be cultured. And being like, oh, God. It's like, yeah, bitch. Watch this baby get ripped out of this lady's body. Let's fucking go. Like, because it's awful. But it was like, yeah, look in a whole, be surrounded in a whole room of this because it is jarring. But like, part of me loves it. Yeah, yeah. for people that aren't familiar with Kara Walker's work, they're like cut out silhouetted black paper of or at least this one is that i'm that's, picturing yeah, so that's most of her work style that she yeah does. That's, yes. that's the only thing um, right she's actually she does performance art she does these sculpture cutouts she does sculpture she does installation art she's a professor um she does video art she makes video like movies yeah like um, the first thing so i she, saw was like stills that went into a movie and it yes, was so she is incredibly multidisciplinary. Mm. It's, it's not just the silhouettes um that is what she's most well known for although i will say i actually didn't know about the silhouettes until after i had graduated from college oh, okay. um, really weren't the pieces we studied the 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 installation art um because her installation art is temporary Mm -hmm. and it is very um solid and ephemeral and it's temporary and it's not made to last it's very interesting so Mm. i didn't know until tom and i went to the broad and i was walking through the room and i saw her installation there and was like Oh my God, this is Kara Walker. Uh huh. I will awesome, say, I didn't know about the things that you learned about. So I'm excited <laughs> to trade. I, I saw that installation with my ex, Brandon, at the road. Oh, yeah. And Brandon, who is black, went in, he looked at it, he goes, Nope. And he just yeah. was like, I don't uh-huh. want to engage with this. I can see that. I'm That's not. Fair. Yeah. So, like, the, you know, People are going to process see, like, it differently. That's like how my mom feels about slave movies that come out now. She's like, I got it. That's like, how I yeah. feel. I don't, I have a hard time watching violence in any capacity. Even if I know that like, this is a historical truth, mm-hmm. I can understand that intellectually, but I mm-hmm. don't need to see it to feel uh, empathy yeah. for the people that this happened to. Right. But some people need that. I think yeah. because they, they don't feel yeah. empathy. 
Yeah. Or they think it's made up. I feel like there's yeah. something about seeing something in a certain context that makes people that you read or think are dramatizations or things like that. Like there's no disputing a certain, certain some visuals. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but no, I get it. Um, so we actually, before we get into the silhouettes, um, let's start with Kara Elizabeth Walker because her, her life is very interesting and it truly does inform her work. So Kara Walker was born in 1969 in Stockton, California. Um, her mom is a secretary. Her dad is a professor and a painter, a painter, I almost said painting, um her dad's a painting that hangs in my house <laughs> that actually would be an amazing origin story his her mom was a secretary and her dad was just a painting and she literally a painting was destined to be an artist like i love it anyway keep going please no so she grows up in what is described as an integrated california suburb mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and in 1969 because the hold please i can't believe i have to look this up uh civil rights act of 1964 okay so this is not that far out this is five years after the civil rights act um but she grows up she's born in california she lives there until she's 13 and then her dad accepts a job offer at a university in drum roll please georgia yeah now we're moving to the I knew south you were gonna say that not Ooh. georgia specifically but i was like i have a feeling this isn't gonna be <laughs> somewhere the same as california yeah. yeah so she they they move um to georgia to an area where the clan is still having rallies all the time also um, known as georgia yeah, yeah. She is called racial <laughs> slurs constantly by her classmates. Um, How old is she when this move happens? 13. Oh, fuck. So that's just yeah. like, she's like, the world is good. And then you hit puberty and now it's like, oh, look how awful everyone can be. Yeah, like, that's no, such a so difficult is- stage to start experiencing racism suddenly. Yeah. And so this would have been 1982 when they moved to Georgia. Um, which doesn't mean that it was much better than 1969. Mm -hmm. Because I'm wondering how integrated Stockton was, where it's like there was probably still shitty stuff happening, but Jordan is like, these people don't give a shit. It turned the racism up to 11. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from what I read, Stockton was fully integrated. Uh Um, And she lived in a fully integrated suburb. Um, mm-hmm. so but that's what I'm this- saying. Fully integrated doesn't mean they liked it. Yes. That's that's a fair point. And I But I'm I saying Georgia say was probably way in Stockton in general, so I have mm. no idea. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know what the vibe in mm-hmm. the 70s was. Um uh, we always like to think that California is this like incredible progressive yeah. oasis. Not at all. Um <laughs> I live 15 minutes from a place that's Dill is like electing Republican MMA fighters as the mayor and shit. And like, yeah. 
Republicans, like, we love brain like, damage. I live in LA and I can drive an hour and get called a slur from the stage as a stand up comic. So, like, yeah, it's definitely not like some hungry state. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fun yeah. times. Like the place that I grew up, 45 minutes away from San Francisco, they in Napa, like they always joked that it was no African people allowed. And that's what it stood for. Like, and we had a mural that was supposed to be, I, this is my favorite piece of public art. Uh, we had this mural that was the history of Napa. And so it's like the railroad comes and there's wine and there's all this stuff. And then there's a little KKK rally with burning cross and people. It, is this pony part of the mural? <laughs> but I always felt in the artist statement, the, the person that made the mural, they were like, this is the history and if you're just gonna forget it and act like it never happened because now you're a tourist destination mm-hmm. you're not much better than we used to be mm-hmm. damn so i think that that's an important piece of public mm-hmm. art that should still be up because it was not glorifying the kkk it was saying this is in the timeline doing. Uh-huh. this is how this place started yeah yes i think something so, that people forget is just because a law is passed means all the people that didn't like that law are still alive all of a sudden exactly yeah they're not just like well it's a law now so i guess it's fine and that's why we're seeing all these issues with like people trying to repeal trans rights right now like there's a lot of people are mad because they can't be as shitty as they used to be and they're trying Mm -hmm. to make those laws right now and we're Mm -hmm. seeing that in real time Mm -hmm. so anyway sorry Kara Walker, what is so sorry. No, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's an accurate, like, that Connection. is an accurate yeah. statement. Yeah. Um, so she ends up going to Atlanta College of Art and receives her BFA in 1991. Okay. Uh, she gets her MFA from the Rhode Island School of Design. RISD, what up? Which, like, girl, amazing. She also, at the age of 28, she becomes the second youngest recipient of the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation's Genius Grant. Damn, NPR, what up? Like, she is brilliant. Because also, what was she doing at that point already? Like, and not like she's so young, she has a master's, but still, what did she do to get that grant? Uh, It was... Because, like, would you do, like, oh. one piece or some kind of, like, how does that even work? Uh, you have to write, like, a thesis. In, I mean, there's, like, a whole uh, okay, artist okay. statement and application okay. process and, like, a body of your work. And a lot of times you have to write to get, a like, a fund like that uh-huh. or a grant. You essentially have to create a proposal for a body of work that will be created with that money. Cool. So you're so you do like, show some kind of like these are works that I've already done, but it's like yes. give me the money for this other huge series yes. or whatever it is. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Yeah, you create a proof of concept. I've applied to grants, gotten none of them. Anyway, Yo, it's I'm fine. about to I'm about to work on some for my uh the comic is present. <laughs> oh nice. Yeah. I hope you get every single one. I, I only first off, I only qualify for like three of them because they're literally art grants where they're like come to a commune but i'm gonna try (laughs) get it girl (laughs) okay uh katrina i know that i said that i wasn't gonna ask you to do this but i need you to yes 
I want to. I want to. <laughs> if it's, I told you, like, I'm down with the ones that you found that still get across what you want. But if you're like, no, this is what it needs well, to be. So give me that shit. This is I just don't feel comfortable. Um, First off, I barely feel comfortable. I don't say that <laughs> shit. I'm joking. It's fine. Well, okay. So this is the. Uh, oh, God, I got to be really careful about who I'm texting this to. <laughs> It's so funny. Boss. Yeah, all my text <laughs> like to her boss. Oh, no. Jordan's last oh, hookup God. is like, wow, I had no idea she was this kind of person. Especially because I highlighted the part that I'm asking. Yeah, that is also me. even better. It's at least, well, also, it's still in the context of an article. I thought you had it by itself, so it looked like no. you're literally saying it. It's like, this still looks oh, like Oh, she's like retyping it? Yes, this still looks like research. Oh, um, yeah, no. no, but tell me. Let me know when you want me to read it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So in 1994 is when she hits the art world by storm with her piece, uh, a mural that Katrina is now going to read the name. <laughs> yes, the title of the mural is Gone, an historical romance of a civil war as it occurred between the dusky thighs of one young negress and her heart. Yeah! Oh. Damn. Are you recording that, Andrea? Oh, no. I held it up because I, my brain, I have a hard time following when I'm along reading. sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need to also oh. read it. So I also wanted to way. read it. No, yeah. I totally get that. I, I need looked up ca- and captions. That you were just like recording us. Because I was holding my phone up. No. <laughs> no, I just got new glasses that don't work real good yet. My eyes haven't adjusted. <laughs> Oh man! Just reading um, like my dad. What is this dusky negress? What is that? <laughs> what, what's this about? What is what's this? this? So like, I had to go through and kind of pick and choose which pieces I was going to talk about as well. Because oh, just does. based on title alone? Yes. Oh, Jordan. There are some, and like, I am going to talk about my two absolute favorite pieces because I do. And I I adore the silhouettes. I connect so much with the installation art. I love, I love, and and earth artists are very much this way. Um, and that's almost how I feel and talk about Kara Walker's sculptures because mm-hmm. they are made to be temporary. And I think that there is just something so so gorgeous and heartrending and beautiful in that idea um, well i think what's so interesting about her work like even the the paper cutouts are so fragile and yeah. i think a lot of times when you think of someone like jeff coons or something they're creating a commodity they're creating a product it is for sale you know what i mean it's for the creation of capital it's a love letter to capitalism kara walker's work is like this is brutal and i'm gonna put it in your face and there's no like you know what i mean like she's not doing this to earn an income or to like become a millionaire or to sell this sexy product you know what i mean she is like you will hear history now and then it'll it doesn't matter if it continues to exist you know it's yeah. like the thing that she's selling is information like yeah, i kind just want of. you to know and like be cognizant of this past reality yes. well, this, and yeah, take so that like, with you in whatever way you do 
yeah absolutely so like let's get into the silhouettes first um i sent you guys africant uh that's the one at the broad and you guys know how much i love uh photos of people near artwork to show how big it is mm-hmm. um, i love it so she talks about and there's an incredible it's a really short it's like 13 minute video uh by art 21 um and so if you just google art 21 carol walker you'll find it john waters is the first like three frames because he's doing the introductions between artists during these episodes but they like cut his whole thing out but he's just sitting there smiling it's very funny to me Um, i love him (laughs) he's great he's he's an incredible art collector um but so she talks about and she really gets into it in that video about how these silhouettes she had been making these self-portraits of the silhouette cut and then she had realized um or maybe she was drawing there was i can't remember exactly but she she explains it beautifully in this video where she talks (laughs) about the way that she realized cutting the paper and leaving a mark was such an interesting and like removing pieces of it was such an interesting aspect of Mm. the creation process to her Mm -hmm. um and they show her making these silhouettes and she talks because you mean like the inverse and like taking something yeah. away oh, i gotcha i gotcha yeah, yeah, yeah where it's like this negative space and uh-huh she was, she was just very enamored with like okay. how it took up space and changed space and well because the- i think she talks I, I i read some of this um i thought she talked about how she was doing paintings where it was like she was painting the silhouette and then she moved to what if I cut it out of paper? And she was like, there's something about having a knife edge Mm. and cutting paper. You know, there's something about that that is visceral in a different way than paint on a surface. And that's what I was thinking when you said how delicate they are is that I've never, even because of the lines, because of how hard they are, I've never thought of them as soft. Like, Mm. because they're the black and the Wait, like the yeah because there's so much contrast mm-hmm. i never yeah. have thought of them as soft yeah no she and she's really incredible about making materials look so solid like that is that's just, what it is it's solid because there's thin so parts of it it's it. not that yes. things aren't don't have a small delicate like detail but they still look so solid that's yes. what it is that is kind of one of the things that I love about her work is she can take any material and make it look solid, make it look like it takes up space. And yeah. it does literally take up space. Um, <laughs> like we're going to talk about a subtlety and I'm very excited. Um, but she talks about the silhouettes and the stories that she tells with these as a way to, or she kind of started exploring this idea of like, the genteel south and gone with the wind and this idea of like the antebellum southern charm you know whitewash and romanticization of this history that Mm -hmm. was so violent like that whole society was built on slavery 
It's so weird when people like get married at a plantation and you're like, why would you do that? Oh, when you say some people, do you mean a fifth of my high school? Cause. Oh my God. What the fuck? That's like every other subdivision that is aspirational, like middle to upper class are called plantations. Like it's blank, blank plantation. Like that's not some forgotten work like they still will build a new subdivision that they want people to go to and call it a plantation up until like i left florida so that's not i i guess i just don't understand like because they don't care because of everything well i won't even say they don't care some people don't care because they're just so egomaniacal that they're just like focused on like literally what instagram will look like but also everything that jordan is talking about like i grew up with the mentality of like southern bell care like this kind of i feel like in the 90s even kind of bled into like heritage not hate this like love of like Mm. i'm just a cute little girl that loves the rebel flag like there's nothing wrong with that like that absolutely is a whole fucking per like that is a culture that is it's very alive and well that is separate from yeah like country farms living off the land a lot of other things you can be a fucking floor like there are like people that are descended from what they used to call florida crackers which were like florida farmers that were too poor to own slaves but were just you know what i mean like just like living and wherever like there's so many different nuances that get like grouped into that because it's more comfortable to think of you as being one of the people that actually was rich enough to own a plantation even though most of you weren't but like all of this shit gets tied up in a nice little bow that allows you to like take a beautiful sunset picture with the wind blowing in a gown that like literally my ancestors hung from. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the wrap. That's the yeah, that's yeah. the All right, we got it. <laughs> that's the that's the sound reel. <laughs> yeah. No, and fucking, it's, yeah. Mean, it's an absolutely beautiful and succinct way Like to they put aren't that, all the like, same person, but the like the narrative got grouped into the Mm -hmm. same kind of comfortable person that allows all of this to continue in some kind of way that feels more comfortable yeah absolutely it is is the gone with the wind yeah where it is absolutely the just this is so romantic and beautiful and look at scarlett o'hara and the dress and the wraparound porch and the and that got everybody there are black people that love gone with the wind that and hattie and sucks. poor Hattie, and poor Hattie, that's like her huge Grammy that she, and she was demonized by the black community for playing like a mammy in all of these movies. And she was just trying to like support herself. Survive. And she was like, I could be yeah. a maid in real life or they can pay me five times that much to be a maid on TV. What the fuck do you want me to do? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Not like they had TV at the time, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> there was so many different people caught in the flux of this being the story that we tell of the South. It's so weird to me too, how many people don't look at Scarlett O'Hara as a horrible human being. Oh my God. (laughs) Almost no one. She's the worst person. She gets people killed. She breaks up marriages. She steals husbands. I want you to see the movie and see how different it is. Cause you've never seen the movie. So you're not, I've only read the book. You're not comparing the Scarlett. You're comparing everyone else's Scarlett, almost everyone else's to the one that you know, because 
everyone that you talk to almost, I would say a hard 80 to 90% are talking about the movie Scarlet. Yes. uh, I don't give a damn. Yes. They have no idea the Scarlet you're talking about. Scarlet O'Hara in the book is a low key psychopath. Like she literally just takes what she wants. She doesn't care who dies. She doesn't care whose lives she destroys. She is here to get what she wants, but it is masked in this, feeling of genteelness and softness and womanliness and it's like this bitch is insane i mean she like cries a lot and again is like constantly just being like comforted and saved but manipulative as fuck but i do think that that is a beautiful parallel of female the feminine whiteness and how we weaponize that right like Oh, yeah. No, white woman tears. Like, that is a perfect term that has been coined. Um, and I I mean, I think that Kahinda Wiley got it correct in his uh, Judith beheading Holonofri's, uh, where it's a black woman holding the head of a white lady. Um, oh. You know, I, I know I've talked about that one before because that created yeah. so much controversy where people were just like, oh my God, why would Kendall Wiley do this? And what's wrong? And why would he pit women against women? And why is the white lady dead? And it's like, no, no, no. You don't understand that white women's tears have literally killed so many black men. And the whole story of Judith is that she kills this man to she kills Holonafries to protect her people so it absolutely is a perfect mm. and people just got so fucking butthurt because they're so used to and it was because like, that's I, a jarring visual to see when was the last time you saw a white woman's head not on her body what no, <laughs> like we it, don't show shit like that yeah except for medusa complain about that one i always talk about that lady who called the cops on that bird watcher I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, no, because it's it's not a similar, like, you wouldn't, no? Nothing? Absolutely. Okay. Well, I used to tell a joke where one of my friends in high school, like, I got a traffic ticket, and she went, oh, my gosh, Katrina, why didn't you just cry? And I was like, because <laughs> cops don't care when black women cry. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Like, I think of that never. Yeah, I think of that joke you have about changing the tire, too, sometimes. <laughs> I never think of that joke that way, just so you know. Really? Okay, that's yeah. cute. Yeah. No. I Yeah, that no, joke I does make that, me laugh, though. I take that way much more on your demeanor as a person. Oh, yeah. I people see for, before they get to you. For listeners who don't know, Katrina has a whole bit because she and I got a flat tire in the same week. And I was telling her about how... I was like in my dress, in my heels on the side of the road, just like, how do I change the tire? And a state trooper just stopped and changed it for me. And it was really nice. And I got out also in heels, probably had pants on though, because I was leaving work and then saw how flat my tire was and yelled, fuck, and kicked my door closed. And someone was slowing down to make sure I was okay. And then they sped off and left me. You know, just different perceptions in the world and stuff. Anyway, Kara Walker, though. Um, yeah, so she, so her cutouts, and, like, I have experienced these, this feeling that she wanted to evoke with these pieces, because um, they are life-size. These are giant, and I'll post a yes. picture of people sitting near them. 
Um, and I, I have a photo of someone standing near them. Um, and actually a photo of her standing near some yeah. of them. So we have, a I didn't realize that her, I didn't realize how, I mean, like you, we talk about them being like self portraits, but I thought of it as like self portraits in a figurative sense, but I, I didn't realize the, the silhouettes are not like these stories that she's telling. They're not self portraits, although she absolutely talks about how being a black woman in America she knows this history, feels this history, is connected mm-hmm. to this history, and cannot escape this history. So I do believe that there is an element of self-portraiture just within the, this is the context of what America looks like, especially yeah. coming from a place where she talks about how different it was to live in California versus to move to Georgia, and how jarring and brutal that change was and how often she was called racial slurs and Mm -hmm. called just people said horrible things to her the only one i can repeat is she said that they accused her of being a yankee (laughs) Mm. which is like that's not good at geography yankees north i don't what well they just it's a mindset in terms of right oh i see what you mean not yeah Yeah. so uh but i know that and i i've found a few of her self-portraits that she painted um and those are those are interesting but the they're not as large and the work that she ends up going to with the silhouette stories is just incredible and they take up rooms like these are they're the each cutout is like six or seven feet tall and then if she has trees and stuff in them they get even bigger but she really wants to explore that idea of the genteel south but evoke the discomfort and the nausea and the disgust that comes with these kind of untold stories and they're not based in actual people she's kind of talking about finishing folklore is how she puts it and like taking Mm. that folklore and taking these stories and exploring them um so a lot of her pieces they explore you know the sexual assault of black women and they explore the use of black women's bodies to not only you know there's a few where they're like nursing white men and they're um it's it's just it's there is so much violence within these very sexual violence specifically sexual violence there's lynchings she includes like uh babies being thrown to alligators she includes Mm -hmm. babies being stabbed by sabers by Mm -hmm. white men who are raping women at the Mm -hmm. same time like it is so violent and i had that experience when i saw these pieces at the broad where i was looking and i was like looking around this room and then all of a sudden i had to sit down because i was like i feel fucking sick to my stomach Mm. and And it is that circular like the circle it makes you feel not like it's spinning around you yes but that all encompassing and it might be because i grew up in the south but it's like some of that stuff i was just like yup 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 like happened 
heard about it. Like, yeah. yeah. It's not even, it's like folklore because there's stories that are passed down, but it's not folklore like yes. it's dramatized. Exactly. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. And like, that's, I didn't mean that like it didn't happen. I no, 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 like, no. No, I'm just saying for people listening, to... like it could yeah. sound crazy that you're saying they fed a baby to an alligator. That no, sounds no, like something that would be. Came from. Yep. Which they say at my school. <laughs> as like a chant they say what gator bait. gator bait jesus christ which like who knows that Mo- not most of the stadium but no yeah no and it's it's crazy and insidious the ways in which Ooh, and just to say real quick that's the kind of shit that people get mad about if you went to my school where 80 probably more than 50% of the money that they need to keep that building open comes from sports and people coming to games. And you were like, Hey, that chant that you've been obsessed with for the past 50 years is super racist. That's the kind of shit that people get mad about and don't want to change. And all of a sudden you're fucking with their shit. And it's like, okay, but also like 20% of us now know what that means. And when you all yell it exuberantly, we don't get to be excited the same way because I'm literally thinking about what that means. And then you just get in that loop of discomfort where people just want to forget stuff because it's easier to just keep living in the world they were in where they were ignorant and could keep having fun yeah i think it is so weird to me that people are would rather fight someone on that than be like oh wow that's oh, shitty I didn't that's know fucked that. up i'll stop the end like why like because if you, you like why are you like, fighting for that because you're thinking of all of the things that you remember that don't have to do with it being about that So now you're asking me to change all of my behavior and traditions and the way I think based off some information that I didn't ask for. So I may also feel like intruded upon because I didn't want to know this. Now you're telling me this and I have to change. What the fuck? Like, I'm so sick of hearing new information that makes me feel bad about stuff that I've been having fun doing my whole life. What is so weird about that, though, I think is like I think about this a lot because like when I was a little kid one of my favorite movies is Ace Ventura Pet Detective my brother and I would watch it all the time that movie does not hold up the whole plot is trans women are gross and murderers and they have penises and they're going to use their sexuality to make people uncomfortable that's the plot of that film it's a horrible film it is horrible to trans people do I rewatch that film and enjoy it and just pretend I don't think those things or know those things about what it's like to be trans no, I just watch other films because there's literally thousands of things that you can consume and look at and be a part of and new things are being made all the time that don't have all that shitty stuff in it. So it's like, I don't need to That's hold right. on to the past that tightly. You're right. But imagine if you watched Ace Ventura every Saturday for half of the year. Like, my brother what, and like, I years. football is that. No, I'm not like when you were younger, like this yeah. is like, who I am. Years. All the time. And now I, as a person who already probably doesn't like to change or adapt that much when I don't have to, you're like, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying you're coming from a place of someone who is already critically thinking and ready to adapt in a way that a lot of people do initially fight. It isn't human. A lot of human nature is to not accept and immediately adapt. It is to initially fight it 
and then because maybe come around and accept it. Right. Because, yes, because things. if I fight it long enough that I just get to sit here and not do anything, then I won and I didn't have to change. And that's always, uh, you know, if, uh, and what a shitty like, life. The weird, the weird part of like <laughs> Katrina's example, specifically sports people and because it comes because in the south especially it's like that's my whole i've literally had people that are racist accept me into their family because i went to a school that they admire yeah it will make people see you differently like the power that all of that has culturally is very real this is absolutely different but it makes me laugh and i feel like it is the perfect uh in a nutshell, like college and high school sports people. I had a client, we had to spend six months making the paint for his tennis court because it had to be Duke blue. It could not oh. be. Oh, and it is, it's the certain blue. And that's and another institution would, where, like, they, would they have send these. us the paint, we would start putting it out. He would come out with his jersey and hold it up. And if it was not, cr- and it was not correct a few times. Because it has to dry differently too. Oh my God. The amount of paint that we had to get specifically made and shipped because it had to be that shit. So like. That and used that's to be not one of my jobs actually. <laughs> and that's not the South, but it's still the uh, the idea and sports is specifically for us yeah. as American Americans a thing, but Southern heritage in general, a lot, it is ingrained to that point where like, it seems funny, but it's like, yeah, that guy wasn't fucking around. Like yeah. if you would have questioned him on it, I'm sure he would have gone back on how many like, you know, what legacy he was at Duke or whatever. Like, yeah, this does become that much of a person's identity where they will fight yeah. or die for it or whatever. I just think it's always really weird to me when someone's identity is so wrapped up in something that they literally didn't create. They don't, you know what I mean? Like sports, especially like imagine I had a boyfriend who, if he loved the bears fucking bad team, but if the bears lost the game, we wouldn't have sex. And I'm like, we could be fucking right now. And the we're bears not. Never win. He was in a they bad never mood. win. Worse. They never win. But and he, he was like was in like, a bad mood. He was like in a bad mood. Like it ruined his day. I'm like, you're not on the team. You're not on the but payroll. Andrea, like, you can what consider, the fuck, dude? You can well, consider okay. the your lack of understanding of that a gift because you have not normally been in a group big enough to be able to group that in you That's are true. usually a- in small batches of people yeah, that all like the same thing as individuals and share that you haven't been like a blonde girl like you weren't like head cheerleader where you were no. like this is who i am <laughs> no like i'm so, like i have a pre-baked mm. identity this is yeah. perfect no, yeah i think I- i've always really fought against that concept because i'm like like, you don't really fit me you can't relate to having a comfort in that and having that actually feel like a you know a suit like this is who i am i am i am i am a bear (laughs) this is this is again hilarious and silly 
but we are a hockey house and we watch almost every game of hockey that happens during the season and the playoffs and yeah. ducks house specifically <laughs> and the ducks have been record breaking bad this season mm. to the point where keith and i for the first time this season had been watching a different team because like we've been really busy this season so we haven't been watching as much hockey as we normally do we watched an oilers game and i told keith i was like i didn't realize why i was getting so sad and uncomfortable watching sports like watching hockey because the ducks have been because <gasps> so your team was losing oh so you're like a so right so it's like that's your team like that that's is like over time or whatever you do start to feel like this is your thing like oh yeah no because you learn their names you learn their <laughs> skills you get upset when they get hurt you watch yes John Gibson, the goalie for the Anaheim Ducks, has literally been breaking records that have stood since 1963. He is passing Gump Worsley, and I am furious at the Ducks. I have been talking shit. I'm about to message them on Instagram. I'm so mad. So, like, like, you basic... guys are not respecting our goalie. You need to but treat see, him like, better. basically, people will have everything that Jordan has right now, but before, but for racism, before, like no, before, <laughs> before, like I. Right. But for I've lived here my whole life, my mom and my grandma all went to the same high school as me for the same nostalgia for what to them is tradition, but to us could look like being stagnant or something. But you are proud of the idea that you and your family have been here Mm. since whenever it is the belonging. It is like, Mm -hmm. this is where my people are. This is who I am. Yes, absolutely. And that's what your cultural identity wears a white hood and carries a stars and bars flag. I mean, and unfortunately that is why the South gets so romanticized and it is why people just don't want to talk about it and they don't want to go back to that history because it is uncomfortable it makes you redefine it makes you look yes at redefining things your is not parents, a past your grandparents yeah. your city your community yep. these things that you as a human being we yes. all if we have to sit and look at oh my god my entire community is wrong that is the loneliest that will break you apart and makes that, you mad and defensive and all kinds of things. You do not have community if you do not agree with your community. And as, as someone who people, left a religious institution and yeah. got cussed at and yelled at and told I was going to oh, hell yeah. and suddenly did not have the friendships and like it is that it's lonely yeah. and it sucks. But then you're like, but do I want to be a part of something that is actively causing harm to people that I love? And to me, the answer is always no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, and, and I would say totally I understand fine, that. But, and it's like, but even yeah. as a religion, you could do that in Florida and still be like, okay, well, like it's everything. Like yeah. even what you just described is inside everything yeah. else like you could it's i don't know how to other say it other than it's everything like christianity is also a part of it like yeah it's like yeah, yeah. no it's like, so much I, and that's i feel like even the idea of saying oh it was so long ago and stuff like that is like and oh this is what i was really thinking about was jordan talking about her coming from in uh 
integrated community and coming from a place that obviously was integrated because of my age, but socially segregated where it's like, yeah, you could have people that look different from you on your street, but if everyone in your house is the same and you only talk Mm. to kids that look like you at school the same, and then you come home, you can electively segregate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't have to really learn or interact or anything with these people unless you're until you're absolutely forced to. So it's like, Mm. I lived in a place where there were tons of black people. I still had to argue with people who thought my mom was Puerto Rican because they literally thought all black people were the same shade. Like it, you know what I mean? Like, Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) No, some, some of your stories. So my best friend growing up, uh, her name was Hewan and her family, her parents had come from Ethiopia and teachers whenever we would study slavery in school they would ask her to come up and talk about it and she was like my parents came here in the 80s yeah so thanks for that (laughs) but also if but also it's like uh if you live in the south nobody's gonna ask your black ass to say fucking nothing because they don't want to hear that shit like nobody's gonna and nobody's gonna look at you extra like i said if you study that shit fucking be ready because someone's probably gonna try you that's all that means that all that means is that it puts that shit top of mind and now i'm gonna have a bunch of angry uncomfortable conversations that you all did not equip any of these kids for (laughs) yeah damn but yeah yeah, kara walker right i mean i i think that these are like interesting tangents i hope that they're yeah not but no but that piece absolutely like i was legit spinning in that room it's like when i went to see it it made me i think when the first time i saw it i was with i believe my friend rachel and it was like whoa like this is heavy this is a lot and then when i went with brandon he was like nope like, I don't even want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, super I feel fair, like bro. that's probably where my mom would be. Yeah, I don't, I, I get it. Like, it's like, yeah, I don't necessarily want to feel that feeling. Like, you get, mm-hmm. like, that feeling in your chest of, like, heaviness of, like, mm-hmm. whoa. Yeah. And see, you're avoiding that feeling because you know it's only going to get worse. But there are people that avoid it to the point where... instead of accepting it they just gaslight you and it's almost like if someone and i feel like you will also possibly equate to this just because we've had similar dad stories but it's like (laughs) if my dad hurts someone's feelings he'll say you shouldn't feel that way yeah (laughs) because it's easier for him to put yeah. it on you to not be upset than it is for him to think about feeling bad about something he said actually hurting someone's feelings. Oh, yeah. So I feel like well, that's what's really yeah. happening is people <laughs> saying, well, it happened so long ago. Get over it. All of that stuff is being like, it was, I don't want to actually accept that it was that bad. So I would rather just say it wasn't that bad and that you're being dramatic. Yeah. It's always long ago for the person that did the fucked up shit. I've gotten in arguments with people who try to do the like it's in the past and why does it matter if we talk about it my mother was born on the day Emmett Till died 
Wow. She, on her birthday, every year messages me to talk about Emmett Till. Oh, my God. she wants to talk about her birthday. Like... And my oh, mom my is gosh. probably around the same age, and my mom talks about that shit way too real. Yeah, my mom, she's told me before, she's, like, called me crying, being like, I feel like I came into this world when he left, and now I don't know how to fix it. Like, oh she's, she is so upset, and she, used, she told me she used to sit there and cry watching... Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. on the television and watching what the police were doing and listening to her parents talk about because that's rural fucking Texas. Mm. They were not about the marches. They were not about that. And she was like, mm. I just didn't understand how mm. anyone could look at another person and not love them. Mm-hmm. And like my mom is a very like she just loves everybody. Right. So it, but it hard relate. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. It is a hard relate. That's why all this shit's confusing to you, Andrea. Yeah, and I'm like, like, why would you want to? And I'm like, this shit makes perfect fucking sense because people are not great all the time. No, and so so Kara Walker. I mean, she explores really really difficult conversations. I, uh, it is important. It is beautifully done. Some of it feels like trauma porn every once in a while. Um, if you're sitting in this space for too long, like there is definitely, um, it is violent. It is gory. It is a lot of sexual violence. Like, Has she ever talked about how creating these images and steeping herself in this research affects her mm. mental health? I haven't seen her talk about that actually. I don't Cause know. I don't think I could make work that you know what i mean like i i don't think i could create something even about my own trauma or even about the things that have actually happened to me i think it would be difficult i mean there's a reason that i make animal mm-hmm. terrariums with cute things i I'm think like, you're the I opposite end world. of this spectrum i artist am wise because yeah. i think so that it I would actually, be like I'm... almost therapeutic because all this shit is probably in your head already yeah, yeah. this is stuff that you um, so read actually, and see and I... know so there were two quotes about the silhouettes that I wanted to bring up. Um, Walker stated in an interview with New York's Museum of Modern Art, I guess there was a little bit of a slight rebellion, maybe a little bit of a renegade <laughs> desire that made me realize at some point in my adolescence that I really liked pictures that told stories of things, genre paintings, historical paintings, the sort of derivatives we get in uh, contemporary society. Bl- contemporary society i apologize for not being able to read that well um she also says in a different interview that her work addresses the way americans look at racism with a soft focus avoiding the confluence of disgust and desire and voluptuousness that are all wrapped up in racism which i kind of do agree with that because the women are not like We'll get we'll get to the hypersexualization of the black form mm-hmm. um, more when we get to another piece. A subtlety. Okay. That um, one I feel like is the perfect example. Okay. Um 
there is another artist who I also really want to cover, uh, not only because she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, um, but she's just very interesting. Uh, her art is really stunning and thought-provoking, and I love how she makes work. Um, but Betty Sarr, and she's criticized Walker's work um, mm. in a PBS documentary called I'll Make Me a World, um and she criticized walker's work for its revolting and negative depiction of black stereotypes and enslaved people sar accused the art of pandering to the enjoyment of the white art establishment mm. um, so she actually in 1997 apparently emailed 200 artists and politicians to voice her concerns about walker's use of racist and sexist imagery wow um and how it had received a positive reception in the art world huh and that's the thing i wanted to ask you about the trauma porn so it's like the idea that there are people out there that could not be upset by this and like enjoy it and so So you don't want to put it out there for those people to kind of like not even that it's you know it for me and again white woman grew up in california near san francisco my thoughts and opinions on this are they do not go past the art history aspect of this but there the the closest thing i could equate it to is the movies that refuse to have black joy like Hmm. there are so many movies to show the struggle and the violence and there's not enough about black joy Mm. it's also and like i same with queer stories no, I was going to say, I can relate more yeah. to the fridging of, like, gay characters. So, sure. The Last of Us, if you want an incredible <laughs> show about queer characters, absolutely watch that. Keith and I were not expecting to cry during the zombie <laughs> show as much as we did, but, like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is this thing that happens in queer stories as well, where the gay and lesbian couple do not get a happy ending ever right one of them has to die there right. is no yeah joy and it's like this it's just it's really upsetting and it makes me not watch a lot of these stories mm-hmm. so there's there's a gay film that came out it's a gay love story between two men it came out last summer i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but the the man who wrote it is gay. It's like him. It's his story-ish. And he made a point. He's like, everyone who's going to be in this film who presents as gay must be gay in real life. We're not going to have someone acting this mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. is like the first thing. But the set th- second thing is I asked my boyfriend at the time to go with me to see it. And he's like, I don't really want to see all that. And I was like, is this like a homophobic thing? And I was like, so I, I was like, let me understand. Why don't you want to see that? He goes, every time there's a gay story, it's, they kill one of yeah, them. Someone, and I don't want to watch thinking. it. Someone gets hate crime. That's yeah. He's like, thinking. I don't need to see a hate crime. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, it's like a love story. He's like, 
unless you see it and tell me that no one gets hate I don't crimed, believe I don't want to see yep. it. Yeah. Because you saying, oh, it's a love story, I would be like, oh, and the inciting incident is one of them ending up in the hospital. Like, I still yeah. wouldn't trust it to not have that element. Yeah. Absolutely. No, even the fucking It franchise kills a gay character in the first mm. 10 minutes of the second movie. Like, mm. I just, I can't, I, I just can't mm-hmm. um, i can see and- that but i guess i would say at least for this piece specifically for what uh betty is that her name betty is saying as an artist it's spelled it's spelled in a way that i don't know if it I'm might be bet it correctly because mm-hmm. it's b-e-t-y-e that's betty or but so it's not but i betty it might be, but I, but if it is, I'll fight her. It's Betty. Uh, <laughs> but it's also, it is that idea that, like, there is so much in true crime podcasts that is trauma porn, mm-hmm. where they, like, go yeah. into every detail, and they really want to talk about the specifics and, like, the horrible things that people go through. Mm-hmm. And so she, it's not that I think that Kara Walker is actively making no. trauma porn and no. purposely wants these reactions no. of like oh look at like she's not trying to shock thing. jock you or anything she, i mean she's trying to shock you that is a hundred she said i said i mean shock jock in a way that like <laughs> it's again none of this is that it's not exaggerated that's what i was gonna say about this betty person saying that it's like oh there's no black joy and it's like but it's a period piece if you were gonna show black people at this time fucking hunky dory whistling what the fuck would that be yeah that's made up work explores um not only like the mammy stereotype but Mm -hmm. also she does do portraits of little black girls in their little dresses with their Mm -hmm. hair all done like it's very sweet but where in what fucking reality lady yeah i looked up her work and i'm like i don't you know what i mean like she is reappropriating race the racist imagery of the mammy stereotype and like these characters who are had these exaggerated features yeah so it's like how is that different necessarily like i don't really see how the criticism and i did see the parallels in what she's talking about in the caricatures but to me it was making those caricatures do real horrible things so all of the silhouettes of people that i've seen like in people's kitchens smiling and eating watermelon and shit like that were doing the stuff that was actually happening to those people at the time instead like again i think that a lot of this will come down to like people being different in how they receive information i think but like yeah every time either of you mention not being able to see it or it being too much my brain just goes it happened people did this this and i am not saying that you should have to look at it but for people to be like oh well that's so much humans did that shit yeah like that is a hundred percent what people did day in day out all the time this is a this if they had photographs this would be it well, I think discomfort so is the point. You said mm-hmm. too much because Kara Walker describes her work as too muchness. Good, because wow. it's like that is, I think, what yeah. I enjoy about it. Is it being that gnarly? Because it's like someone did have to look at this, not in a silhouette, real time, full color yes. happening. No, it was like, life. So you can't it. even look at it backlit. You're fine. 
I personally, and this is this is just a, a me thing as someone who has survived traumatic and violent mm. experiences. Mm. It is really hard for me to look at art that does explore those themes Mm -hmm. um and like it is hard to see some of that violence even in a silhouette form um that's fair you know i it i i hate to be that person that like well no that's something warnings on things but keith has had to i've had to explain to him like when i am disassociating like this because of something we watched or something that you know i saw like i need you to Stop fucking asking me questions. It is worse for me to come in and out of this. You gotta just like let me come out of it when I come out of it. Um, but so like I cannot imagine it also being a person that looks like you mm-hmm. having mm. those experiences. And honestly, like, maybe it, if I had different traumas, maybe it would be way too much because I would be able to put myself that much more into it. Yeah. There's a great exhibit right now. So Think Space is the gallery I work for on Saturdays. And we have a show by an artist named Robert B. Moore. And it's called Out of the Mud. I think the byline is like growing up black in America and it's set up like a museum show during the opening. He had an actor stand in this like bucket of mud and he was shirtless and he like actively cried. Mm. It was very intense, but there's, there's this piece where it's a phone and you pick it up and it is a mother leaving a voicemail message for her son and she hasn't heard from him and she doesn't know where he is. And it is the most heartbreaking, terrifying, like it instantly is like, fuck man. And the whole exhibit is like that. I call it an exhibit because it doesn't feel like an art show. It feels like you're in a museum and it is meant to elicit those feelings. Um, But yeah, check it out. It's really good, but it, I think, yeah, I think you dig it, but it, it is something, it's that thing where it's like, it is so visceral and so mm-hmm. heavy and so traumatizing. And I, you know, I have had moments where my boyfriend, it's five in the morning, the bars close at two. Where's my boyfriend? He's not white. Is he okay? Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Those, it's like, you know what that feeling is. Mm-hmm. And and maybe it's it is like the submersion shit. maybe it is the submersion of stuff like that because the second you said that not that i didn't feel similar and like kind of want to cry but it's like that's fucking 10 different rap interludes is a mom <laughs> sending a sad ass voicemail for a fucking motherfucker that's either in jail or definitely dead like i know yeah. who this voice message is for and i know they're not here anymore so it's yeah. like i'm probably just fucked up in a different kind of way you're like yeah yeah you know that message moms leave whatever anyway and even if that's been fully desensitized yeah and that is the like kind of black mentality of like yeah motherfucker none of this shit is new get ready get ready if you're gonna cry now get ready because you're gonna cry harder the next time it happens like yeah (laughs) this ain't it Like every time, not every time, but like most of the stuff I cry about in my family, people are like, you can't go around crying about shit like that. And it's definitely (laughs) something that you should be allowed to cry for. Yes. Yes. But it's like, if you cry about this, you're going to be crying all the time. 
Like, yeah, that's what it is. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, her her work is visceral. Yeah, it's like, probably just my desensitization. I don't want to be insensitive to people who can't uh take this shit in but to me it's like the i I cherish stuff like this because of the reality of it of the you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. not that i enjoy it but it happens so i'm glad that it's there yes Uh. no having a historical marker of these things and holding them up as like a like if i could name silhouettes i would just name it mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's all like, I, love, I mean you're not and everybody that left crying and everybody that like left crying there would just be a old black lady going mm-hmm. <laughs> sucks doesn't it Every day. That shit all the time. Years they did that shit for. Like that's <laughs> oh. Oh, Imagine coming back and seeing that shit tomorrow. Same shit. Yeah. Run it back. Like just some every day hammering that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being yeah. the worst person. <laughs> No, I think yeah, I think that's the the perfect way to talk about it. Um I did you guys see Candyman? Yes. No, like, what's I'm, that? I'm gonna start wrapping up the silhouettes. Um because I oh you my know, God. we've been talking about him for a while, but so good. What's did candy? you guys see the Candyman remake? Yep. The new one? Okay. It's amazing. Love it. I Love clapped it so at the end of these credits because of her. I cried. Interesting fact. Kara Walker had nothing to do with that movie or the trailer that they put out. What? Wait, who did all that? Kara Walker was not involved in any way. I literally thought she made those. When Keith showed me the trailer, because I love horror movies. Keith showed me that trailer where it is the, what'd you say? Oh, she I don't like, like horror, horror movies. That's why I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, I don't really like horror films. They make me upset mostly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. That's fair. But um, he showed me the trailer and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I didn't know Kara Walker was working on movies. Uh-huh. So up, and other people had also had the same thought and were Is like, Is she hey, suing them? No, I don't think she did. But interesting. She was just, it was, she had nothing it's- to do with it. It was Andre- honestly, five. Andrea. I think you could maybe look at the tra- like the trailer is literally art. Like, yeah, okay, I think All- that you could play the trailer, and not get scared. Like, it's not like a jumpy trailer. It's okay. not a jumpy. It's her, but it's her silhouette. I'm it's saying like you could dolls. watch it just enough to be like, oh, a hundred percent. I thought that they commissioned her. Yeah. Well, I have a friend who like Photoshop did an ad, and it looks like his art. But it's not his art, and it's like a weird thing where you're like, "Hey guys, um, are that's you gonna mine. me for this." That's but mine. especially the subject matter matter for Candyman, yeah. because so the story of Candyman, um, spoilers from the eighties, <laughs> I guess, is that this guy gets killed and he comes back and is in like a 
uh what's the word it's the the projects like mm, yes living in the project which this killed. is actually based off the true story of the atlanta killer that they couldn't find because kids were definitely disappearing and no one cared but keep going <laughs> Oh yep. yeah, no, no, no. And they like talk <laughs> about the. Um, it's interesting because they do talk. Like I've read a lot about the Candyman, um, and they talk about the the serial killer, the Candyman. Yes, that, that guy was white. That's what I'm familiar with. No, 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 there was a bunch of kids disappearing from the projects also at this time, and there was a guy that they have since, like ninety percent sure it's him. Oh. You're talking about the Atlanta monster. That's what I'm saying. That's who is also an inspiration, I think, from at least this last one. I feel like they touch on that. I think that they absolutely do. I think that they get more into building the kind of lore of it. Yes. It's an incredible movie. Um, It's good. I love horror movies. I think that they are the best way to get social commentary across because you can do all kinds of things. Um, Night of the Living Dead is one of the horror best is still a genre where get. like it's not mainstream enough that I feel like they get away from with it. Like mm. the social commentary stuff that you can get like a one off character get to say if you did that in a blockbuster, they cut that shit out like they let horror like you get away with so much awesome stuff in horror, I think, because it's oh, that yeah. genre. Well, I mean, if you look at I mean, Night of the Living Dead, like not to keep going back to that one, but the main character is literally a black man with a gun. That was fucking unheard of. Right today. at that time, to have just a black character who protects a white lady and also kills a white dude, like it is insanity. Um, and that was in like 1965. Yeah, I was about to so. say even the remake when Ving Rhames comes out and you're like, oh, he's gonna live and like be a lead. Okay, yeah. <laughs> No, I mean he didn't live in the first one. Spoiler alert again. Um, <laughs> the movie that I came out before had. we were born. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I always do that to Keith when he tries to talk about Star Wars. Like a spoiler alert, <laughs> so dude. Um, okay. Anyway, the Candyman. So the trailer that came out, I actually did briefly want to touch on it just because a it was not Carol Walker, and hmm. b they do actually get into several real life cases yes Um, the first one is a fabrication didn't happen um it's the like painter with the hook for the hand that's more of the man card door hook hand story Mm -hmm. um the second one was James Bird Jr., who was lynched for moving into a white neighborhood. He was uh, tied to the back of a truck. They killed him. They left his body at a black cemetery. Um, the third story in that was uh, George Stinney, and he was killed in 1944. He was the youngest person to ever be sent to the electric chair. Um I've seen so, a picture of him. I he was. I he's cried. a child. He's like a baby. Yes, like I know what you when you're talking about. It looks like a like, Halloween costume because he's in like he jail was clothes. Too short, so they put him on his Bible. Yeah, that's. He's literally like a baby. You're like, why would you kill a baby? What I mean, the fuck? they fed smaller ones to alligators. Yeah, they don't no, care. It, it, yeah. They hate them, Andrea. They are I smaller know. versions. If anything, they're easier to kill now. Jesus yeah. Christ. 
Sorry. No, you're right, but it's it's this horrifying idea that happens within white supremacy that black children are adults, where black boys are murdered by police for playing, and they're not allowed to be children, and black girls are over-sexualized and made to grow up so quickly because of this disgusting view of their body as sexual. Like, it is... And if you're not sexual, you still have to be ready for fucking cops to run up on you because then they'll just treat you like a little black boy. Yeah. I I cannot, for the life of me, imagine looking at a child and not seeing a child. Yeah. And like... Yeah, I think a lot of this is getting lost on you both because of your pure hearts. Because every time you say, I can't imagine you say something that people 100% do Do without blinking. I know that people do. And I've gotten into fights with people where they'll try to be like, oh, well, this adult black male. And I'm like, that is a 14-year-old baby. But but if they saw him at the gas station, Jordan, they'd get ready like it was a grown man and it doesn't matter. No, I know. Even the way that certain art critics talk about Kara Walker's work, we're going to talk about a subtlety. I know I keep teasing it. It's my favorite. Um, Where they kept talking about the attendants, the male attendants within the piece. And I was like, okay, like they're, they've been talking about these male attendants and there's these men who are around the sculpture and I looked it up, and they're, like, six years old. I was like, those are babies. What do you mean, the male attendants? Those are children. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that is going to wrap up part one of Kara Walker, because we do still have two more pieces to really get into. Um, and, I don't know, that might be 45 minutes. That might be another hour and a half. We'll see where we go. Cause this one kind of went longer than I thought it would. Oh yeah. Uh, which I'm glad. It always does. Yeah. Always that's does. our nature. Um, but thank you so much, Jordan. I'm so excited to yell more about racism to the, my two most sensitive friends. Um, <laughs> I almost sent you my notes, Katrina, to be like, can you do this episode? Cause I don't Yo, know if I'm allowed to do No, it's like, you can do it because you know more art stuff and I'll just yell when I'm needed. Um, Perfect. thank you all so much for listening to part one of Kara Walker and another episode of Pavant Guard. Um, if you want to follow us and hear the rest of the episodes, um, you can follow us uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Pavant Guard, P-O-D-V-A-N-T-G-A-R-D-E. Um, and also we have a Patreon if you want to hear awesome extra long episodes. Uh, and what else, Andrea? Oh yeah. And if you want to follow me as a person, uh, I'm the one that was, uh, I'm the black one that was yelling the whole time. Um, but you can follow me at Katrina Savad, S-I-V-A-D. It's just Davis backwards on all the stuff you follow people on. I just realized I have to upload something to Patreon. There's going to be a great new episode when you get to the Patreon. It's so funny. I was wondering why you made that face. I forgot to do it. Our editor was so fast. He like sent me. He's we got a new editor. He's really nice. 
he sent us the podcast episode and then I fucked off to Colorado for a week and just forgot about it. That it was, was already gone. done. Yeah. And then I slept with a handsome stranger. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, if you like me and you want to follow me, you can follow me on all the things at Andrea Gazetta. Um, I've revived my at sundress comic account on Instagram. I'm using it to tell goofy stories, but also mostly i guess attract weird men in my dms but it's a good time check it out anyway buy my art also at andreagazetta.com and i also have my own patreon it's fine you know me you've heard so many episodes jordan what's up uh you can find my dumb face on the goonie bird uh you can buy mushrooms from my etsy account on (laughs) she means crocheted mushrooms (laughs) Just yeah, to clarify, that sounded. Jordan is not selling mushrooms on Etsy. Like mushrooms on Etsy. I am selling little crochet guys. Thank you. Uh, okay, cool. We cleared it up. Six inches tall, nine inches tall, whatever you want. That being um, said, I know another IG account where if you want to know if Jordan's <laughs> mushrooms are talking to you, hit me up. Chokey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Yeah, that is uh, part one. We love you guys. Thank you all. We love you. We love you. Bye.